Hello, how are you doing? Uh, my name is Matt Barr and you're listening to episode 21 of the Looking Sideways Action Sports podcast. It's the podcast where I try and uncover the most fascinating stories in action sports and other related endeavours. And if this is your first time listening to the show on account of this week's guest, Mick Fanning, then I hope you enjoy it. So I'll keep the intro short this week and try and take care of the usual housekeeping in the outro. But yeah, quick explanation of how this one came about. So Mick Fanning, well, I'm sure most people listening to this know who Mick Fanning is. He's an Australian surfer. He's a three times world champion. He's definitely one of the greatest of all time. He's a true Aussie hero. Uh, he's also the world's most celebrated shark puncher. Thanks to a little incident that happened at J-Bay a couple of years back in 2015. And as I discovered when I spoke to him, he's also a thoroughly humble and laid back character. So Mick and myself share a really good mutual friend. And, you know, I thought it was worth a go. thought I'd see if this mate of mine would tee up an intro. And uh, didn't really think it'd go anywhere. But yeah, sure enough, Mick got straight back to me. He said he'd be in France in October and that he'd see me then. And he was bang up for the podcast, which was obviously good news. I, I've got to say, I still didn't really think he was he was going to stick to that, given his uh, profile and, and schedule. But Lo and behold, October comes around. I was in Hossegor anyway, and fair play to Mick, considering that he's a very, very famous dude who didn't know me from Adam. He could not have made things easier. I got a shout saying, here's my address, see you at one, and I'll have the kettle on, which is pretty much how it panned out. And as you'll hear, Mick fully bought into the spirit of the Looking Sideways podcast. And as a result, we had a, we had a really great chat about his life and career. Some real gems in this one, but I'd say listen out for Mick on Riding at the Future Classic at Kelly's Wave Ranch, uh, because we this was a couple of days after he just got back from there. His memories of the early year of the tour, his early years on the tour, particularly the Kelly and Andy rivalry, which is really fascinating. Some very insightful stuff on the aftermath of the shark attack. I mean, I had to ask him about that, really. And overall, I mean, just a real insight into how his year off the tour helped him recover after a period that, as he says, pretty much left him empty. It was a year where he checked out of competitive surfing, hit the road to, as he says, allow the energy to come back, take stock and come back stronger than ever, which is where he is now back on the tour. So yeah, it's a good one this and a huge thanks to my old mate Ben Mundy for helping to tee this one up and for still speaking to me after I stitched him up with uh, Ben Skinner the other week. Sorry about that, Ben. And yeah, legend. Thanks for this one. And also, obviously, a huge thanks to Mick Fanning for being so laid back and accommodating and for agreeing to appear on the show. So, yeah, here it is, my chat with Mick Fanning on his year out. Enjoy. So, Mick... Good to see you. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Too easy. Straight on, straight off the plane as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Just got in uh, last night. Um, had a had a week up in uh, Austria and in Germany, um, doing lots of fun stuff. So yeah, how was Germany? Fun, uh, really fun. I've, I've been there a couple of times before, and um, this was like the first time they actually. Sp- wasn't so busy running around so right. um yeah it was great it was uh, full tourist vibe yeah full tourist yeah it was epic and how was uh Oktoberfest, you were saying hilarious yeah hilarious. it was so fun man um just just everyone's just so happy it's amazing <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's what all that beer will do for you fully yeah um so yeah is that the first time you've been over there doing that 
first time ever to Oktoberfest, yeah, I, um, I've been to Berlin before um, just for two days and then I actually went to Stuttgart and um, Munich uh, just at the end of June. I had to do some stuff for Mercedes. So, oh, yeah? Um, yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, but, yeah, we're just so busy that we're yeah. just running around. But it was good. Yeah. And Salzburg, you what, you teeing up a Red Bull thing then? I yeah, think. Salzburg, we just went and checked. It's the first time I've ever been to um, Red Bull headquarters. So oh, okay. It was really cool to go right. and check out. Went and Checked did, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, got a, a joy flight on one of the... Uh, on, on one of the planes and then we went um oh, how was that it was amazing wow yeah, it was just it was such a beautiful day too and we're like flying out over alva salzburg all through the mountains and then sort of banked around a few different mountains and then the, the pilot just went all right it's on and right just started just doing flip after flip it amazing was so crazy yeah, yeah yeah you've just been in the states right mm-hmm. you've just been over at the uh, at cali's thing mm-hmm. um so yeah, how was that? It was amazing. Um, yeah, the the uh, future surf classic, as they called it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bit, the, just a bit of hype on that one. Yeah, it was it was a crazy. Um, you know, just I got to I got to surf the wave uh, before Trestle started. Did, went up, you did. Yeah, went right. up and surfed with um, Parco, Carissa, and Steph. Um, we had a whole day just for us four, and nice. it was it was incredible. Like, yeah, just the wave like. The 1.0 version was was good, you know. You get a 40 second tube or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can't complain about that. But no. then the the new 2.0 versions just I I really like it because you got to think a lot more. Okay. You know, you you it's crazy. You you sort of got to set your turns up, and um, you sort of got to link them in. And if you can link it in perfect, like. You just have no downtime, but um, yeah, you're always thinking: Do I do this turn here? Do that turn there? Can I fit one in before the barrel section? Yeah. Do I wait or go? Like it, it was really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. So, how long are those rides on this new sort of two um, As you said, I think it's about forty-five seconds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can take off and do um, three or four turns. Yeah. Get uh, you know ten-second barrel. Come out, do two or three more turns, Amazing. and then finish off with a little five-second yeah. tube. So, so that day when the four of you were out, how many how many waves did you get that day then? Um, I think we got about twenty each. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, your legs are gone at the end of yeah. it, but um, yeah, it was just just incredible, you know, just to see, um, you know, the way that everyone approaches it differently. Yeah. Um, you know, especially going up with like three of the best surfers of all time in in Steph and Carissa and Joel. Yeah. Um, just to see the way that everyone just approaches it was just was awesome. And uh, yeah, we had we had a really good time just laughing and, and screaming at each other. It was good times. How was the event? The event was good. The yeah. event was really good. Um, you know, I guess I I didn't sort of read too much into it um when they sent out the invite and everything i was just more so um just show up and and see what happens and, yeah um it was really cool it was it was a really sort of um it was a big eye opener to see what can be done yeah um you know obviously when you got um eight of the best women and and ten of the best guys um you know pushing each other it, it was really nerve-wracking too was it yeah because you right. because like you're sitting there and you're like you know you've only got two waves per round yeah and you can't blow it yeah so it was like 
and then you got all your peers there watching sure, yeah. you. It was just and quite um, a few eyes on it online. Yeah, well. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then you know, and then all the, the the old OG legends like MR and PT and Bugs and yeah, it's quite a lineup, um, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was amazing. But um, look, I think the the whole the whole vibe of it all was was like everyone that was there was just genuinely stoked. Like, yeah, you did. Everyone was just smiling and just freaking out like how good it was. And I guess that's just a huge sort of testament to kelly and the team that have created this thing it's just like i think it's gonna like for people that can't get to the ocean yeah i think it's going to change lives for sure it's um you know i guess i guess just seeing people that i think as surfing grows like these wave pools are just going to be uh in a way i guess people that you never thought they would ever be surfer are going to be incredible in these things yeah, you know? yeah. and they're not got the option so yeah. they didn't grow up like you on the gold coast so. exactly yeah, exactly yeah. so um yeah i'm really excited to see where it goes yeah in, in future years because everyone's trying to digest it a bit aren't they at the minute you know like you see a lot of the a lot of the chat online and you know there's this we were just saying before we started recording there's a few people sort of naysaying it a little bit and you know like do you think that's just because people are trying to get their heads around it what it means for surfing something like this um I think maybe it's just people just being jealous that they can't get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Could be that. Could be that. No, I think, I think like, you know, people probably get the perception thinking that this is going to be the way of surfing. No one's ever going to take us out of the ocean. Like the ocean will always be the number one place to go surfing. Yeah. Um, I think it just opens up a lot of doors. Um, not only for just um not only just for surfers in general that just love going surfing but um people that are just gonna go and just you know we can have like exhibitions or um you know imagine having a a pool and you've with a stadium atmosphere it's like going to a soccer game and you yeah, get to yeah. go and watch you or go, a bit like street league maybe, yeah you for know. sure yeah um so yeah, I think it's. I think it's just going to open up surfing it to another bigger audience again. Knowing that, okay, at nine pm, you know, Philippe Toledo is going to go out and he has two waves, and he could you could see one of the biggest airs of all time. Yeah, you know it's going to happen. Yeah, it's not like we have to wait for tides or wind or or anything like that. So, and then for people like if they build a stadium around it, it's it's just going to be nuts. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. Uh, do, do you think people that are sort of worried about what it kind of means for surfing have got a point or because um, there's again there's a lot of chat about that isn't there you know like it's kind of like well it's not real surfing and you know like as if that's a negative thing what, but, what but do you the, think about that that's the thing though it actually feels like a real wave yeah like when i surf it it feels like i'm just surfing green mount um but i'm in the middle of nowhere yeah <laughs> you're like, right. um you're in the middle of the desert um but um yeah it's just just one of those things where um I, as i said like there's always you're always going to have the ocean yeah and i think that's that's where the heart and soul of surfing will always be yeah so they'll just be side by side basically. yeah it's just another avenue for yeah. people yeah i guess it's a bit like with the indoor slopes and and big mountains or whatever i mean completely different environments but a way of experiencing the same thing if you can't get there really isn't it yeah definitely definitely you know um and then the other thing too is that we we sit there and you know how many people 
um, you know, how much do you pay to get to Indo or something for a 10 day boat trip? Yeah. In the hope of getting waves. Yeah. You're not guaranteed. Where this is like, all right, you can go there and, and you know, if you pay for an hour or so, you get you're going to get eight waves. Yeah. And you're probably going to get more barreled than if you went on a boat trip anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you seen the one in Wales that surfed Snowdonia? I did, yeah. So I surfed up there. I mean, obviously, it's nothing like Cali's, but it's still really good fun. But there was Portuguese and Spanish lads there, and they'd flown over from, from the south yeah, right. to, to Liverpool. And a couple of them were on, like, the fourth trip. And they said the same thing. They were just like, well, it's just guaranteed, isn't it? Guaranteed, You know yeah. what I mean? So Because I was a bit like, why would you fly from you know, Arisera yeah, to come yeah, to exactly. this kind of thing. But, exactly. But I guess that's how people are going to start using it, isn't it? For sure, for sure. And, you know, even even things like, um, you know, different corporate days or whatever, yeah, they're yeah. going to be huge. It's it's going to be, uh, I, I as I said, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And the way that the, the WSL and, and Surf Range put on the whole day too. Yeah, was that, just, that was, it was impressive? Yeah, very impressive. Right. So they're going to roll them out, do you know? Do you know, do you know what the plan is? Um... I know they're in talks of um, yeah some different places. Yeah, um, you know I, guess I think they've got it really, haven't they? Yeah, well, the, you know you can't just build an investment like that. Yeah, and not, yeah. It'd be interesting to not see what share the model it with is. the world. Yeah, yeah. what well, how they're going to do it? Yeah, I don't know any of the ins and outs yeah. in that way, but um, yeah, look, I, I think it's going to be uh, there's going to be some around the world. Yeah, and I think um, you know there was a, there was a lot of people there from all different countries. Right. Just checking it out. Really? And, you know, right. Are, are they going to invest in it or not? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so I think I think moving forward, um, yeah, there's going to be some around the world and uh, hopefully everyone gets to go and yeah, catch yeah. at least a wave on it for sure. Sure, man. So we're in Hossegore mm-hmm. uh, and you're here for the Quick Pro. So how many, how many years is this now that you've been coming to France? Um... I was actually just speaking to Jack Freestone yesterday when we were driving up and I, I realised it was uh, 18 or 19 years. Every yeah. year. 18 years, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love France. It was, you know, it was – when I first came here, I found it really difficult, you know, with the language barrier and yeah. I was sort of just by myself. Um, so how old would you have been then? I think I was like 18. Right. Yeah. And 18 or 19. And um, yeah, it was was really hard. And then I sort of struggled here for the first couple of years of my career. And then then I fell in love with it. Yeah. And then from then on, it all just sort of just flowed nicely, you know. Yeah. So so I said earlier, you're from the Gold Coast, right? Mm -hmm. So it'd be good to hear a bit about, you know, how you got into it, what your early surfing years. Um... Yeah, so I was I was born in uh, Western Sydney, a place okay. called Penrith. Right. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, my parents uh, got divorced and we moved. Um, I moved with my dad to Coffs Harbour. Okay. Um, and that was when I was about uh, five. Right. Um, my brothers got me into surfing in that time. We were in Coffs Harbour. Yeah. Um, you know, they just dragged me out and it was sort of sink or swim really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from from there, we actually moved back down to Western Sydney. Place, oh, did you? Yeah, right. place called Campbelltown. Um, and my older brothers, um, Pete and Ed, 
they would still surf. Like Ed would get on the train at like 6 a.m. from Campbelltown and, and head either down to Wollongong or Manly. Okay. Um, wow, right. Yeah. So, so how far was that? I think it was a good couple of hour train ride. Right. Yeah. Keno. And then, Keno. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. so keen. Yeah. Um, and then my my other brother, Sean, and myself were the youngest. We sort of got into skating at that time. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, and then from there, I think I was eight and then we moved to Ballina, um, just south of Byron there. Yeah. And um, that's when my brothers all got into like real deep into surfing. Um, Are you the youngest then? I'm the youngest. Okay. Of, yeah, youngest of five. Right. So, um, yeah, I uh, at that stage, like I would still surf on the weekends and after school and stuff like that. But my main passion back then was soccer and cricket. Oh, really? Yeah, I was I was just right into team sports. Right. Um, so how old how old would this be? Uh, this was like from eight till about uh, twelve. Yeah. So you've always been pretty sporty. Yeah. 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 Um, and. And then, and then, yeah, went at the end of uh, primary school, start of high school. Um, my mum got a job up at, up on the Gold Coast, and we moved to the Gold Coast and uh, started high school on the Gold Coast. And um, I was actually meant to go to soccer sign up, but I went the wrong day. Right. Yeah. And then um, after that, we we're going to go down, and um, my brother was meant to meet. Uh, a couple of guys from Quicksilver and see if they would sponsor him and yeah and um, yeah we were we were surfing and um, and then yeah they asked me if I wanted to be sponsored too so right it's and quite that, a fateful moment though. yeah yeah so it was right. from then on um, yeah I didn't go back to soccer right <laughs> well yeah you go yeah, yeah. so I just um, you know fell in love with surfing and yeah. um, and then in those next sort of few months was when um started met dean morrison and, and parko moved down from the sunny coast and yeah then, yeah um so yeah we all sort of grew up together just pushing each other from there yeah so what was it you you liked about surfing compared to say the, the football or the cricket that you were you were into um at that stage when you're 12 and you're the youngest and yeah. you very rarely get free clothes <laughs> that was pretty I'm in. good <laughs> i'm in stoked yeah. yeah yeah i finally got my own clothes that were actually <laughs> mine they weren't hand-me-downs yeah They're no hand-me-downs yeah yeah but you know um but yeah from then on it was just more so about um just just learning about um you know the area and surfing around there and and it was so compared to Ballina, um, surfing on the Gold Coast was so much more user friendly. You know, yeah. um, we first moved to like Corumbin, so I'd always surf the alley uh, and along Palm Beach, and then um, we eventually convinced our mum to get a house on Debar Hill, and um, from there we, yeah, it was like everyone would just come to our house, and we would just, um, yeah, we just surf all day every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, at what point did you start thinking, yeah, I could I could make a career out of this? You know, what's, at what point did it start changing into something that you could base your life around? At sixteen, I was I was getting a little bit of money from Quicksilver. Yeah, and um, you know, I thought that was everything. You know, yeah, it could yeah. pay for me fish and chips <laughs> <laughs> every on the weekend. Um, and then uh, I remember getting a phone call from uh, Mick Ray um, from Rip Curl. And he's like, oh, we want to offer you this amount of money. And it's like, 
is this, I didn't, I had to check the dates, if right, it was April right. Fools or, um, and then from there, yeah, I ended up getting like a really, really good contract and um, that was pretty much it. That was like, didn't look anywhere else from yeah. then, um, just took over my life. And did you compete from the start, from when you were little? Um, I would do the odd event when we lived in Ballo. It wasn't more so until, yeah, we moved to the Gold Coast, um, joined Kira Board Riders and, uh, yeah, just from there, just, yeah, compete on the weekends um, and try and find every event we could to get into, um, which was really fun. Um, and we're lucky enough that mum would, would drop us off to the contest or you know, or would figure out a way, even even when we were sort of struggling for for money, she would figure out a way for all of us to get through the events and, and do all that. So, yeah, so you had yeah. a lot of support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just real lucky in that sense. Yeah, so you yeah. mentioned like some of the people that you were surfing with, but did you have any any kind of role models or people that you looked up to in particular back then? Um, yeah, look, we, we were lucky. Um, you know, the, the caliber of surfer that would we would see on a day-to-day basis yeah, was pretty up there. ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you'd paddle out D-Bar on any given day and there'd be Oki, Luke Egan, um, Munga Barry, um, you know, Jay Phillips. And the list would just keep going yeah, on, yeah. you know, and, and then Every, when... Everywhere you looked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then there was older crew as well, like Rabbit and, and Bruce Lee and, yeah. and those sort of older guys. Um, so... Yeah, the level of surfing was at such a high caliber. Yeah, um, so constantly getting pushed by yeah, that. Yeah, so we we were looking at them, um, and then and then within you know our own little group, we're all pushing each other as well. So yeah, um, yeah it, it was it was really fun times. Yeah, and then you and then obviously soon after you ended up on the tour with some of those boys as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. so like. How was that when you when you initially sort of made that move? Yeah, it was. It all happened so quickly. Yeah, because it was quite. You were quite young as well, weren't you? Yeah, still? yeah, yeah. So like, sounds like because this is all probably what we're talking about. What is it like? Four or five years, really? Oh, within yeah, from like, from, you know, from when I got my contract from Rip Curl at sixteen. Yeah. I was on tour by 19. Yeah, right. right. So even it even was, sooner. Yeah, yeah. it was super, real fast. Everything yeah. happened real fast and. Um, we sort of had this leapfrog effect. Like we didn't, we were just competing with each other, and it just it just kept projecting us into all these different new realms that we never thought of. You right. Know? First, first Parker goes and wins J Bay as a wild card, and then the next year, I had a win at at Bells as a wild card, and then uh, then Dingo would be winning events and, and it was just, it was just, yeah, as I said, just leapfrogging each other. And, and before we knew it, Parker was the first one to qualify for the tour. And then the very next year, um, Dean and myself qualified as well. And, um, yeah, it was just, yeah. And then within the, within the, um, first couple of years, you know, we're in, Top five, top ten, like yeah, it was uh, it was so pretty what, wild. What year did you win your first? Um, my f- first world title. Oh, it was in two thousand seven. Yeah, so um, I'd been on tour for a while at that stage. Um, you know, I think I qualified. I qualified in two thousand and two. Yeah, um, and then we sort of just had to take a back seat for a while. And just watch the Kelly and Andy show just yeah, go right. absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like they were so so far ahead of everyone. It was it, right. was, it was crazy. Okay. Um, and 
How was it? How was it having a good ringside seat at that then? Oh, it was amazing. I bet it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and pretty it was, Titanic couple of years, right? Oh, it was. Yeah, it was like uh, it was sort of like there was almost two camps, right? You know, there was like the Andy camp yeah. and then the Kelly camp. Yeah, but yeah. you couldn't be in both. Right. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was really weird. <laughs> um, and at that stage, because. Um, Andy and I were both on Red Bull, so we stayed with each other. Yeah, you hung out a bit. Yeah, and yeah. then Parker, he was, Andy was on Billabong as well, so Parker would be in there, and um, and then Bruce as well. So we're all we're all pretty tight. We'd all stay in the Red Bull house in Hawaii as well. Yeah, um, that's where we all sort of created that that friendship. Um, but yeah, it was just yeah, it was it was such an exciting time, especially that one year where it came to the showdown. Yeah, you know, when Kelly and Andy went at it. At, at pipe like just being in that house with andy just just seeing everything that would happen and how right. to prepare and all that sort of stuff was such a huge eye-opener but also a huge learning curve as in, well in what way then what did you take from that what was he doing that you were impressed by um just how just how dedicated he how was focused he was. yeah yeah and just um how like you know how confident he was right you've never met a more confident person when andy was at his at his peak when he was at it yeah right like he'd walk around and you just feel his aura you know right. he'd walk into the house and you could just feel it um and it was um and especially at that time too was like when uh all all his mates and that were you know pretty much running the north shore um so yeah we all fought, sort of got to see all that happening and yeah. uh yeah it was it was really i was i was stoked to actually yeah be able to to watch both sides and yeah um yeah just really i think it was such an exciting time in surfing because the rivalry was so intense yeah like that they genuinely actually hated each other right <laughs> was, really yeah okay it was crazy right um so you then you said there was like a few years where you watched that unfold, but then after that, you sort of took it up a notch, really, didn't you? As well. So was that a, was that an accumulation of like just getting more experience from from learning from these guys, understanding what the tour was about a bit more, and yeah, then, and then being able to sort of take that into sort of better results. Is that kind of how it worked? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I was sort of, you know, I, it was like even though I. You know, first year on tour, got fifth and then fourth. Yeah, I mean, you you did great from the start. Yeah, right? but no. we're still so far behind those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're still at a point where we're like, how do we beat them? How do we how do we do it? And and for me, um, I remember, yeah, I got fifth and fourth, and then I got two thirds in a row, and I I was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to skip second and and just right. go and win. Um, and so from there, it just I I know I, I had a, a, a string um, in 2006. I had a string of results in the back end that sort of just gave me this confidence. You know, in the last um, the last five events, I think I made two finals and every quarter final from then on. So that was for me. That was like, all right, you you've got your consistency now. Now let's try and take it into the into the next few years right so it was almost like a bit of a mental switch that you yeah were like, you were like oh, okay so now it's now it's getting there yeah okay so when you look back on them them years now is there some is there a, like a result or a performance that you that you're proudest of that when you look back 
It's probably a few, right? Yeah. Look, I, I think there was there was just times where you just felt unbeatable, right? You know, um, it was all it was all happening. Yeah, and but you know, in my earlier years, I would be you know you come up against Kelly or or Andy, and you're like, how, you just don't know how to beat them. Right. But then got to a point, it was like, hang on, I'm. I have got all my ducks in a row. I've got my boards right, bodies right, yeah, um, mentally strong. So just trust in that and um, and move forward on that. Uh, that was something that I um, really just I don't know. It, it was a, a personal uh, confidence in myself, even though I'd wake up every day and be petrified of, of losing, right? And then you know I'd start at the bottom, like I'd start. I'd be so unconfident in the morning and then by the time I went for my free surf and did my warm-up before my heat, yeah. the confidence was back. You know? right. I mean, you just just felt like you, it would just grow throughout, you know, within a few hours. It was, it was, it was really re- sort of That's was interesting. Weird. Was that almost like a routine that you had then to, to get that? Did you recognise that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right. So um, you were like, okay, I can, I can get this. I can get this mind state that I need. Yeah, and, and, and for us too because... Because when you go to an event, you don't know exactly which day sure. um, yeah. it's going to happen. So you have to be 100% every single day. Yeah. So like even when things weren't going right or um, you could – you'd just have like these little little tricks that you'd personally create right. to get your confidence up to that level that it needed to be, you know. Can you explain what one of them might be then? Just, um, just to sort of practice, you know what I mean? So people can understand it a bit more. Yeah, for me it was just, um, just I would, I would do a, like a, a quick routine where I'd, I'd stretch and, and just switch the body on. Yeah. And then I'd go into a, um, I'd just do some visualisation, you know. And, right. And, and that was enough for me just to, any any boxes that I felt were unticked yeah. just after doing that routine felt like I ticked them all and I was just ready to go. Um, did you ever work with any sports psychologists or anything like that? Yeah, I did. Um, sort of from 2009 yeah. onwards. Um, and and yeah, it was it was good. It was um, even though I'd done different stuff throughout the throughout the years. Um, you know, I'd spoken to different people and, and I think that was always sort of the edge that I had on other people. Like okay. I wasn't the most talented right. surfer of all time. Um, it was more so that I just worked on my mental strength that I've always felt like I was prepared. Right. Um, and preparation was a, a huge thing for me. Um, you know, I think that's how I got so many results because I was so prepared and I, you know, had every Did the work. stone unturned. You Did know? the work, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. so this mental edge that you're talking about and, and earlier you said a couple of times, like, you know, we talked about how, how we could beat Kelly and Andy. Was that what they had over everyone else? That mental, was it a mental thing? Or was it a, Just, a, actually the way they were surfing, you, you couldn't see a way past that? It was it was both. Yeah. Um, you know, they they were they were so good just on the board. Yeah. That and then they they knew how good they were surfing. So their confidence was just 
sky high. You yeah. know, you'd start off with a, an eight or a nine, especially against someone like Andy. Yeah. And you're like, yes, I'm going to get him this time. And then all of a sudden he would just wax you. Right. He would embarrass you. Right. And um, it was just, it was just how, just how good and how, um, how far ahead they were at yeah, that yeah. time. Yeah. But you then did take it up a level and three world, world titles, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Which is like third, third best ever, right? In terms uh, of the... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Kelly's got a thousand. Yeah, what's he got now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm tied with um, with Andy and Tom Curran. Yeah. Because so. yeah. I'd quite like to ask you about the, the break that you took. Because mm-hmm. um, I'd like to ask you about the, the shark attack. But what I was interested in about that is not necessarily running, getting you to run through that story again, but more like how you coped with the aftermath of that. And, and the huge amount of attention that that gave you because it, it, it almost seemed like the year that you took off from the tour was, was a way of kind of almost getting your head around that really and, and dealing with that. Would that be fair to say? Um, to, be, to be truly honest, I had been thinking about taking a year off for a while. Oh, you had? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I think everyone sort of thought that it was just a knee-jerk reaction to... That's what I was interested in yeah, finding out about, really. No, like I had sat there with... Um, you know, my coach, you know, even the years that I was, like even in 2013, like I remember sitting at J-Bay and, and um, talking to my coach and I was like, hey, um, I'm thinking about, you know, having a breather, like, right. you know, having a year off. And, and I was, I think it was on the tip of my tongue for so long, um, but I was just too scared. Right too scared to to take that leap and and be like all right I can take a year off and um I got to the end of 2015 and I just felt like I had nothing left right you know as you said there was there was so much media attention there was so much um so much going on in that year that I just felt like I was just empty. Yeah, I mean, that was next level attention, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, it was literally like every front page, you know, like yeah. rolling news. Obviously, you'd kind of reached a certain level of fame from what you'd done in surfing, but that must have been a completely different experience. It, it was. It was such a different um, such a different world. Like, I got home to my house and there was every news station in Australia yeah. out the front of my house. I mean, the UK it was front page every newspaper. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, um, and then also too, like I couldn't even just go down the street without getting chased by paparazzi and really? stuff. It was, you know, I, I, I hid in my house for probably five days. Really? Yeah. Right. Just waiting for people to disappear. To like die down. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, I was lucky enough that all my, all my close friends and, um, my family and, and everyone was there to, to support me, but I just felt like that that type of attention i never asked for it no um and, and it looks from the outside it looks toxic it looks it like it could bit. be yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it just looks like it's a really overwhelming experience it know? was it was but um you know i i saw i i know who i am and i know um you know what i do and yeah and everything um so i i never really got bogged down in it um it was more so about just trying to figure out ways to um just go and and just try and just 
I was trying to diffuse it as much as I possibly could, but I didn't know how. Right. Um, and, you know, there were some pretty funny experiences. Um, we had one where um, the hazards came and picked me up out the front of my house in their boat and we, we zipped up to Snapper and then caught a few waves at Snapper and then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, let's go home. And we're flying back home like back to my place then all of a sudden the channel seven chopper starts flying over and it was like being Give me the oj a, yeah it was like <laughs> it was like being i don't know like it uh, felt like i was in a war movie i'm getting chased down by right. a gunship or something you know so it mick's was, been surfing yeah like filming. it was yeah. it was super weird but yeah. um yeah that's just um you know i guess it was such a a big thing um news wise and you know i spoke to different people about in that are actually in the news sort of stories and and the more hits that they just kept getting the more hits that they would um you know sell more newspapers yeah. you know get better ratings on tv yeah. so they were trying to just milk it to, to whip it up. well it's like when yeah. you served jaybaker and even that again was on the news wasn't it yeah. yeah yeah um but so it sounds like that was that the point then you thought okay yeah good time to to do the year that i've been thinking about yeah yeah and and as i said i, I was i was sort of i was scared to actually take that step so what and what how do you mean what were you worried um, about you know i guess the the best way to put it in is like you know when you're when you're in a job this is how i felt anyway where i'm in a job and felt like if i did just mm, excuse me um just leave my job where would that where would that leave me right and yeah which is something that everyone can probably empathize with yeah. when you're thinking of making like that life change or whatever exactly right and, um really so, that's that's interesting yeah and so i i you know i had to go and sit down with like my bosses at rip curl and red bull and and you know even speak to the the um the bosses at the wsl and yeah. like is this possible or you know, and, and everyone was... Um, Guessing they were supportive, right? Yeah, extremely supportive. Um, every every single person was like, go do what you need to do, you know? Yeah. And, and um, for me, it was um, to go and do those things and just put myself in different places was really uplifting for me. Yeah. Um, it really just sort of... When I made that decision to go, okay, I'm only going to do five events for the year... It just felt like this weight just lifted off my shoulders, and I could feel, I could feel the the inner energy just slowly coming back, and um, just felt like I could, yes, start working on myself and start growing yeah. internally again, so I could feel like I was a human again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you did some great trips, right? You went to Alaska. Yeah, you went to Ireland. Went to Alaska twice. Went to Ireland. Went to Berlin. Went to where else in secret place um yeah. and yeah just try to i went to norway and amsterdam yeah like it was um just just try to put myself in places that i i never thought i would be in it sounded like as well you did a few trips where you just cruised around as a tourist really like yeah definitely anonymous just go to a city like wander around yeah yeah that was pretty much amsterdam i, yeah. I was by myself yeah and just cruised around the city by myself it was amazing. definitely definitely a different travel experience on your own isn't it yeah like that. so different like yeah. i was going doing things that i'd never do like i was going to museums yeah and, yeah yeah um you know just walking the streets you know 
mindlessly yeah <laughs> just 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 taking in the sights really it was uh it was really fun and how's ireland because you've got family that well your parents are irish right yeah my, my dad's irish my mum's half irish okay um, so where'd you go so we ended up flying into dublin and then um we went down uh like down like um uh What's the name of the place? Down near the cliffs of Moher there. La Hinch. Uh, La Hinch, yeah. yeah. So we're in La Hinch. And then, and then we came all the way up the west coast, like up through um, Limerick and Bandora. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it? it was incredible. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, my, my family, we still have family up in um, the most northern tip in Marlin Heads. So yeah, yeah. Went and sp- spent a night with those guys. And, um, nice. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. And then after that, we went back to Dublin and... Uh, Go on the Guinness. A, had a couple of <laughs> nights on the Guinness, yeah. And had you surfed Ireland before? I had, yeah. Um, I'd been there twice before. Yeah. But I never really got waves. Yeah. Um, you, got, you got waves this time, yeah, right? Yeah. You got, surfed the cliffs and all that. We got the cliffs. Um, How was that? That was really fun. Um, we went and tried to surf that Riley's wave. Yeah. Which was just, I was so petrified. It was yeah. so big and scary. And um, Nick Von Rupp sort of took us down there. He's like, oh, should we go out? And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was charging. You, you, I was just petrified. First. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty shallow, though. Yeah. It? And then up through Bundoran was, um, we got really good waves. We had a um, young kid, uh, Groyd McDade, and he, he showed us around, which oh, yeah. was really cool. So, right. um, yeah, it was good fun. We had a good time. Yeah. And what were you doing in Alaska? Because one of the things that actually our friend Ben was telling me is that you, um, you're quite involved with a lot of charities, right? Mm-hmm. Was, was the Alaska trip one of those? Um, I did both. I, the first time I went to Alaska was for a Rip Curl trip. Okay. Um, my friend Corey Wilson and I were just talking about we wanted to go dog sledding. Nice. Um, so we're like, yeah, we can do that in Alaska. Yeah. But, you know. As we got there, it was already done. The season was over, so we didn't even get to go dog sledding. But, right. Um, we did a Rip Curl trip, which was, um, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, it was perfect for me to, like, just to just to actually, that was my first event away. Um, so right. to be on the, be in a place where I couldn't get internet, couldn't get phone calls, couldn't get messages was just, it was perfect. Yeah. I could just sit by myself and, and just take it all in and, and just sort of sort out what was going on in my, in my ugly head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, what's the charities that you're involved with then? Um, so I'm ambassador for the Starlight Foundation okay. back in Australia um, and then also work with a conservation group called Wild Ark. I think that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, right? so yeah. We, went, we, went, um, we went back to um, Alaska and um went and there was a a whole bunch of land where they're gonna try and open up as a, as one of the largest open mines in in northern america right um and the place where it is at is just incredibly beautiful untouched like we we had to fly in there by float planes and um and we'll sit in there we camped out for the night and you're walking around, there's bear patties. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear wolves in the night. Right. Like, it was just next level. Like, yeah. Just so pretty. And, um, yeah, so it, it just just trying to create, um, like, the whole sort of, the whole Wild Ark mission is to try and create sanctuaries for the um, top 
top 100 species in the world. Okay. So um, it's funny to like for a place like Alaska, them the the peak of that whole ecosystem is salmon. Um, you know, they feed the bears, they feed the birds, they yep. feed the um, when they decompose after laying eggs. You know, they feed the soil. So, yep. um, yeah, it was it was crazy to to go and experience that for someone that um, you know never really knew anything like that. Right. Um, we just did a trip to Africa as well, where they just just in the last sort of couple of weeks they've ripped down the fence, bought bought this uh, farm um, that used to be used for for hunting like. Uh, buffalo and deer and stuff like that and, right um you know there's cheetahs on the on the land and stuff like that and um yeah so we went there and sort of learned a little bit more about you know rhino poaching and all that sort of stuff and they, they yeah they just ripped the fence down now and they just finally got um some elephants that have come on board wild right. dogs right um so yeah it's um the fence it backs onto the kruger national park okay. so they got another um Oh, I think I think it's six thousand acres of more land just for animals. So right. um yeah, pretty it, it's really fulfilling to to be a part of that. Yeah. Have you always sort of had an interest in, in have you always done like work with charities and, and organizations like that over your career? Um or is that something that's come a bit later? It's sort of you know, I've always sort of um helped out in different areas where I could. Yeah. Um to making it more official was just sort of in the last sort of four or five years yeah um especially like places like starlight foundation and yeah that, you know just so it, what do they do so starlight foundation is sort of similar to make a wish foundation okay. where they look after sick kids they yeah. look after um you know the kids that are in hospital you know week in week out they yeah. go in there and try and just um try and just put smiles on their faces really um in saying that we get to to grant wishes as well um you know i've taken kids that have beaten cancer and, and taken them surfing and stuff like that Amazing. yeah i even took took one kid he was in between um chemo and uh took him surfing and um his mum sent me a letter like a few months later and she, she was like after that surf we had it felt like he he was going to conquer this you know so wow. that, that was um that was really special to get that yeah yeah sure so after your after your year you um you you decide to go back to mm. compete yeah, yeah was yeah. there a point where you were like right i'm, I'm back i'm ready i'm ready to um, go again for you me talked it was earlier just, about like you know how you were sort of replenishing yourself yeah it was um for me it was more so I was just umming and ahhing in my head too much. Really? Yeah, I didn't know if I was done or if I wanted to go back. And, um, you know, I was just sitting by myself a lot of times and just felt like, yeah, I just had some questions that I needed to go and answer. And, yeah. um, and you know, for me, it, it's just a, uh, a reaction reaction things. Like I've, I'll go and investigate something if I have to, which is uh, that was it. And... Um, you know, I, I, and plus Parker was talking me into doing another year as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, twisting your arm. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it, 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 I've definitely uh, answered the questions that I wanted. And, yeah. Um, yeah, sort of, yeah, I don't know exactly how much longer I'm going to 
stay on tour but um yeah definitely feel like i've really enjoyed this year it's the first time that i've actually not worried about winning a world title right. and more so about just being there and experiencing the tour for how fun it really is okay that's interesting mm. so, so you've experienced it in a different way yeah basically. very different yeah, yeah. and yeah. how's that been um, as enjoyable as the yeah it's been it, it's different you know i guess yeah. when you're in the middle of um chasing world titles you, it feels like you've got this anxiety in you all the time you know what's what's the waves doing what's this doing what's my boards doing and you, and you always feel like you're two steps ahead of where you should be yeah um and i think just having that year off and then and then getting back to where i am now i'm actually more in the moment rather than being oh you know portugal's in three days yeah i've got to get ready for that or yeah you know it's, it's more so about just just waking up and just however i feel um just deal with it yeah go surf you win you win you lose you lose yeah um as long as you're just enjoying you know the, the surroundings and the people that you when you're, you're hanging with is that is that a, almost a relief um or is it just different just, just an different. evolution yeah 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 um I feel like I'm a lot more relaxed. Yeah. Have you always had that internal drive then? Yeah. That you're I think, describing? Yeah. Like I, being the youngest of five kids, I had to fight for everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times got beat up. Yeah. Um, yeah, four older brothers. Yeah, that is a yeah. tough gig, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was, it was. Um, I, I learned a lot, you know. Like yeah. I, I've learned probably from my brothers, that's probably the the most I've, I've learned was from those those guys and, and my sister as well, which, um, you know, I just, it's just one of those things where you always have this internal drive to, to try and be better. And, yeah. um, you know, just seeing the, the way that they approach things you can take or, or add little things here and there. So, um, yeah, I, I always feel like I've always been really, really driven. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's something that I've, you know, I tried to do my best with everything that I did do. Yeah. And how's the atmosphere on the tour then? Because, you know, we were talking about your first years where it was Andy and Kelly and then there was a few years where it was you and Parker and, and Kelly still and mm-hmm. Taj. And now you've got the, you know, you've got the younger guys coming through like John John, for example. Like how how's that changed it? it it's definitely different. Um, you know, when I first got on tour, it was, there was a lot of camaraderie. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of guys traveled together. Right. You know, they'll be sharing cars or um, they would be, you know, having to share accommodation just um, where now it's sort of, it feels like you do have your great friends, like don't get me wrong, um, but it's a lot more individualised now. Really? I feel. Yeah, I feel like it's um, everyone's sort of got their own little posse that they sort of travel with and... Um, which is which is cool. Um, that's probably my fault in in the beginning anyway, because I <laughs> took it too seriously. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, to to watch the to watch the surfing that the guys are doing now, it's it's incredible. You know, all of a sudden you think someone's about to get beaten, and then you know Philippe or John or you know, Julian would go and do the biggest air you've ever seen and, and they end up winning the heat and they probably weren't surfing that great until they actually did that, you yeah. know. And, and it's it's exciting. I, I find it's, um, it's really, really exciting. And um, 
I enjoy I enjoy trying to apply my style of surfing against against theirs and and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah. but um yeah I just really enjoy the challenge I was going to say cuz it sounds like something throughout your career you've always tried to draw from other people you know like look at what they're doing and, and relate it to your own surfing. So it sounds like you're doing the same yeah. with these guys as well. Yeah, look, I, I think I think that's the beauty of surfing is that you can you can watch so many other people and um, not only in the water but on land as well and um, and just take little things and you know you might see something put your own spin on it. Yeah. Um, you know if that's a turn or something like and just try and put your own spin on it. But yeah. Um, just yeah, I just. I don't know. I think surfing is such a um, individual sport where people can really express themselves, and I think that's the beauty of it. And especially the way that um, the way that everyone looks at riding different waves. You know, you can have a wave like J Bay, and everyone puts their own spin on it. Or as we we're talking earlier, the wave pool. Everyone approached it different. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's really cool. I think that's with our sport that's that beauty of it all um where you can be creative is is um yeah second to none i think yeah well we're nearly in an hour so i guess we should start wrapping it up um but you did mention earlier that you didn't know how long you were gonna do stay on the tour so one of the things that you've been doing recently you know you've got your your, your softboards mm. um looks like you're making a few business moves basically like um yeah moving, but, moving in that direction maybe. yeah i've had got a i've been lucky enough just over the last sort of few years to um yeah just be approached by different people and and just yeah sort of just setting myself up for later in life yeah you know? i guess um, that's what i was getting at yeah is that, is that the, the sort of thinking behind yeah, those projects so, um you know i it's it's something that I've always really enjoyed is is the R and D of different projects. Yeah. And um, you know, I really like um especially like with our our brewery that we have, um, you know, I really love the marketing side of that part of it and just look, trying to think of new ideas. So where's um, the brewery? The brewery's in Corumban okay. on the Goldie. Um yeah. and um yeah, that that's been really fun, especially with the people that we have there you know it's sort of yeah all our best friends that we've worked with in the industry over all the years we sort of brought them all together nice and, you can um, have a project that you all work on yeah yeah and um and then yeah the other the other companies are sort of just um things that i i just feel were right yeah um you know i sort of when i when i look at different businesses and stuff i sort of just go with a with a gut feeling yeah i'm not one to sit there and look at numbers or <laughs> Uh, I'm like get the spreadsheets. Out. Yeah, uh, it's more so if it feels right, yeah, then I'll back it. You know, so um, yeah, there's a few different things. Been busy, but <laughs> yeah, right. So it's, it's been good though. Yeah, and do you think um, you'll carry on free surfing if you if you come off the tour? Is yeah, that, like you know, like your year off, you carry on that sort of approach to surfing. Yeah, look, I, I think um, you know, I want to I want to be able to go and surf these different waves while I can still perform and yeah. at, a, at a good level. I don't want to get to, you know, be 45 or something and be like, oh, I can't surf this wave anymore because I'm too old yeah. um, or just or my body breaks down or something. So that that's, that's something that I'm really enjoying, especially, yeah, some of the places that I went last year. I think there's 
there's still so many other waves out there that I want to go and explore. And, um, and also, too, just the journey of finding those waves is um, that's something that I really enjoy, too. You know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes you're, the, you're the conductor and you're steering everyone in the right direction. And then other times you're just the passenger. Yeah. And you just sit there with no expectation. And, and wherever we end up, we end up. So um, it, it's definitely. Um, definitely something that's really exciting to me at this stage yeah all right well i got a couple more so if you could only surf if you could only have one more surf where would you surf um probably it would probably just be just be kira yeah you know kind of thought you might say yeah that. yeah um the even though it's as crowded as hell it's you when kira starts breaking there's no other place for me that gets me as excited you know just thinking that you could get it you know the tube of your life yeah um for as long as you can possibly go is uh yeah super exciting yeah and what does uh surfing mean to you now then i asked you what it meant to you back in the day um yeah look it's something that i um am truly blessed to have to done you know um it's something that i you know, from where I sit today and everything that I've achieved, but everything that I've received is all pretty much come from surfing. Um, so, um, and I, I still get humbled every time I paddle out um, just by the beauty of the ocean or the surroundings. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just, I think I'm probably a little bit more sort of tied to it spiritually now where yeah. as a kid, you're just so hungry that you just want to win everything. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a, a different feeling. Sweet. Well, Mick, thanks very much. No worries. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Too easy. So there you go. That was my conversation with Mick Fanning. And uh, yeah, what a legend, eh? I hope you enjoyed it. If this is your first time listening to the podcast and you did enjoy it, then why not stick around for a while? You could subscribe on Apple Podcasts through SoundCloud. You could try uh, a more elegant podcasting solution such as Overcast, Stitcher or Podbean. I believe I'm on all of those. And dig into the back catalogue a little bit. There's some great episodes on there now. If you like this one, you'll probably dig my episode with Alex Honold or uh, Sasha Ham is a great one, one of my favourites. So yeah, have a look. Let me know what you think. Anyway, I thought it was super interesting to hear Mick chat about the past couple of years. He's obviously been doing a lot of soul searching along the way and that married with his supreme mental strength has led him to a new stage in his surfing career and I thought his uh, insights into the way he's approaching that return to the WSL and, and how he's dealing with the new generation of basically young rippers who've appeared over the course of his career was really fascinating. So nice one, mate. Good on you. I hope to bump into you again at some point in the future. So elsewhere... All is good in Looking Sideways world. Obviously, we're approaching winter, meaning there's a few interesting things coming up. Looks like I'm off to Chamonix with my old pal James Stentiford in January, where I'll attempt to make up for losing the first interview that I did with him by doing a second take in his old stomping ground, which I think will probably um, end up being better, really. Um, and then I'm also looking at a week in Canada, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, and then as I trailed heavily in the last couple of pods last week, I also helmed a Q&A with surfers Noah Lane and Sandy Kerr at the Finisterre store in London recently, which I'm 
really pleased to say it was a sellout and a great night. Um, went really well. Great to meet and chat to those boys. Fine lads they are with a lot of interesting things to say about surfing. And uh, it was great to hear the, their accounts of how they ended up in the positions they're in now. So thanks very much if you uh, came along to that one and stuck around to ask a few questions. Currently chatting with some more people about ideas for doing live iterations of the podcast, which kind of leads me to feedback corner, you might call it, to borrow a phrase from the Football Weekly Boys. A couple of people have very strongly suggested that I shouldn't take the podcast live, fearing that it could uh, cheapen the Looking Sideways brand I've so painstakingly built up. Well, kind of. So that's a bit of food for thought. I think some people are of the opinion that live podcasts just don't work, really. Um, I am not of that opinion, so I'm still going to keep mulling it over. And as ever, you'll you'll hear about it here if I do decide to, to take advantage of some of these opportunities that are coming along my way. Elsewhere in Feedback Corner, um, I've had some feedback from some friends along the lines that the interviews are too long and that I get uh, take way too long to get to the juicy bits and suggesting that I try and trim things down a little bit. Now, I'm all for feedback, which is great. And, I, you know, I get the fact that some of these are, are pretty meandering and they're clocking. I think Christian Stevenson, it's like two hours long. You know, I, I get it. But, you know, I think for me, that's just the beauty of the podcast format, really. It's uh, a lengthy, slow journalism, if you can forgive me for using such a hateful phrase, approach to a story. And also, I don't know about you, but the way I consume my podcasts very much depends upon upon a wide number of variables do i like the subject how long have i got is this bit boring oh look there's something out the window my point is this format is there to be listened to and enjoyed in any way you see fit and from the feedback i'm getting people are enjoying this in similarly endless ways all of which leads me to the conclusion that i came to at the start of this whole endeavor that i'm just going to keep waffling on to my heart's content really in the hope that it leads to uh, further super interesting chats that unfold in their own sweet time. And if that means that the odd two-hour episode crops up that only a few diehards stick with till the end, then so be it. I'm committed now, really. I'm in deep. So, uh, yeah, I hope you're with me. So, yeah, that's it for this week. Um, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter if you want to leave me some feedback. I'm on both of those platforms as We Look Sideways. Check me out on Facebook, although I must confess I'm pretty shit on Facebook. Uh, or sign up to the newsletter via my shiny website, www.wearelookingsideways.com. If you want to find out more, you'll find all my previous guests, you'll find show notes, and you'll find an email address if you want to hit me up, and you will find subscribe buttons if you want to go about things that way. So yeah, in the meantime, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll catch you soon. Nice one. See ya.